What up, homie? It wasn't that bad. Say so reviewing some stats. Yeah, man. get those from Dillingham. Yeah, he's a man. He's, he's really good. Dude. Oh, Dan's great. <laughs> I mean, I I get him. I get him like Saturday. I mean, I get him Friday at like nine thirty. Oh yeah. So I mean, as soon as he's done, he's like, here we go. Let's jump into it. We got Coach Watt here with us, head coach of the Elgin Owls. Just jumping off, man. We played in the Darko, right? I can tell you, like, I haven't. Like, I've known you for a little bit, I would say, a few years now, but I've never had the opportunity to, like, kind of coach you uh, and your staff other really than Cody Rowe. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Coach right. Hill, I worked with him a little bit with the, with training and stuff. Right before the game, I, I don't know if you remember because y'all was pretty focused, but y'all was looking at the Anadarko kids as they was walking and touching the, the, the goalposts and <laughs> stuff, right? I feel like it was, it was about to go down right before the game even started. Like, I was – I was, uh, I walked in trying to, I was kind of like cracking a joke a little bit about something that had happened. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I quickly understood, like, I just yeah. needed to not talk, <laughs> right? Yeah. No. It's business time. Yeah, it's business time, man. Yeah, that's, uh, that's about when it starts. You know, we get to, that's about five o'clock, and that's kind of what we do. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure you picked up on the atmosphere pretty quick when you walked in the office. Yeah. Was there any, uh, like, y- y'all was, y'all was, I noticed that y'all was calling out numbers of, of kids from the, the, the other team and stuff like that. Is there anybody that y'all was looking forward to playing against? Or uh, That's more so, you know, we see them get off the bus. We want to see them, you know, we see them on film, but we want to see them in person. Right. You know, what they look like standing on the field. and I mean, yeah, at that point, we're looking for anything and everything, you know. But uh, it's just more so, you know, seeing them. And if they have their jersey number on, that's a plus. Just kind of right. literally we're size, sizing them up. Right. That's one thing, yeah. I mean, you. I mean, I remember some teams that I played on stuff like that. We always would not wear jerseys for mm. that particular reason, so that way they didn't see who yep. was four, who was seventeen, who was whatever. Yeah. When you just now, obviously, when you're doing warm ups at six o'clock, you yeah. got to have it on. But that five o'clock one, now, I mean, Trace right. goes out there. Everybody's gonna and he's throwing the ball around. Everybody's gonna know that that's Trace. Doesn't matter if he's wearing three or not. Right. But but the Crabtree, some of the, some of those kids get lost in shuffle if they're not wearing that number. So I mean that's one other thing that I we were always told like hey if you're gonna go out there before and do a little warm up before don't put the jersey on because we don't want them to know who you yeah, are right. until yeah I mean whatever and especially if you got you know if you got something else taped up a little bit more than than normal yeah. or things like that. Take me through though. So you guys get out of school at what point? Uh, so, you know, we get the kids at 235 is, is when they walk in the field house. So school's out at 325. Um, so that's our seventh hour is when athletics start. Okay. So take me through, though, like game day. That, are they there? They don't leave, right? Yeah. So uh, in years we've uh, – and this is still kind of up in the air, but in years past we've uh, – uh, on a home game, we have kept them in the field house, and then we'd go do our pregame meal when school's out, which is we just walk to the cafeteria. So we're staying together, walk to the cafeteria, and then at that point, we were we used to come back to the field house, and we were there. Um, I just felt like this year we, we tried something different. After our pregame meal, I cut them loose where they have about an hour. You know, if they were to need to run home and grab something, right. they could do that. Uh, and then, you know, about half of them just stay in the field house because that's right. their routine, right. which is fine. But uh, so, you know, I kind of give them a little bit of freedom there, and I think that's okay for now. Uh, <laughs> and then at 5 o'clock, that's when, like, our schedule starts where we have everything lined out from 5 to kick off. Yeah. Okay. As far as your team goes, 
I heard you make a comment. I believe it was the quarterback said that they was ready to play, like they was in the right mindset. Yeah. Is that something you ask routinely? Um, you know, as as Friday night, it's more so of a maybe more of a confidence booster um, at that <laughs> point, right. just because you know we've we've had we've had our practice. There's nothing more that you know the hay is in the barn, as they say, and uh, at that point we're just. We're just giving it, you know, getting them ready for game time. It's more of a confidence booster. Do you have any, uh, I guess I would say, surprises of, of the game? Oh, uh, from good Friday? Or bad. Yeah, yeah. Good or bad. Uh, I, I don't, I mean, yeah, there was a lot of surprises. Maybe maybe more uh, so what I thought we were capable of. Right. And a lot of that I saw, you know, defensively forced turnovers early, scoring early on offense. I mean, more so things I thought we were just capable of. And then, right. I mean, forcing turnovers on the kickoff and taking over, you know, at the plus 20 or whatever. I mean, it was all three phases were, I mean, I probably caught myself going, wow. You yeah. Know? yeah. Uh, which, in a good way, you know, obviously, but, I mean, we were ready to go. Yeah, what about a column, man? All <laughs> <laughs> interceptions? Yeah, I mean, that's big time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, as big, you know, as he looks and you think run stopper, at, you know, inside linebacker, he's got really good hands and he understands pass zones really well. So, yeah, that was that was awesome to see, you know. And, again, to take over down there in that in that end of the field was really good for the offense. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, offense, basically. I mean, one of the keys to the game you and I talked about before the before the week was starting fast because of the 14-0 deficit last year or whatnot. Yes. But, I mean – 42 points in the first quarter was not exactly what we were anticipating when you said start fast. But, I mean, another thing, too, I mean, Trace had a great game. He had five for six, but, I mean, only 110 yards. So, that just shows, like I said, the turnovers on the offensive, on the defensive side of the ball and then kind of the special teams, the way that they played. I mean, heck, we had the ball. I don't know if we took over in – on our other side of the 50 at least once in that first half at least. I think it was once. Okay. Yeah, yeah after going back. Um, so, I mean – Going back to the start fast and all that kind of stuff, and the emphasis all summer on the on the I don't know, we talked a little bit about Colin, but on the defense as a whole, kind of rallying to the ball and things like that. I mean, yeah. what can you touch on there? Uh, you know, we we brought back nine on defense, so you know, we we I thought we had a really good year on defense last year, and so we went in, you know, and I talked to you about this, like how do we get better? You know, well, we got you know, if we rallied to the ball good last year, we need to rally to the ball great this year. And, you know, if we're a little bit faster, you know, it should be a little bit better. And and then with an emphasis on turnovers, which we got two, and I challenged them right. during the week. I said, I want I want two turnovers on defense, and you know, right off the bat, two you know, Colin gets two picks. Yeah, uh, is that what, so, is that what we ended with on defense? Because the other ones were on special teams. I don't remember. How yeah, many. I think okay, two defense turnovers. Okay. Then, yeah, two in the other game, but yeah. Uh, so that was that was the emphasis, and, and they delivered, you know, and they fly around, and they don't like to be blocked. And right. It's, you know, our, uh, I love to watch our defense get out there and fly around. It's it's really cool and really really good to, you know, just a morale booster for the team, especially you know, you know, we we want to defer, you know, especially early in the year, right. and if we want to put, and we'd like to put them on the field first, and uh, I think that's a good tone setter for us. Yeah. Talking about returning nine. To kind of that replace, I mean, I guess you got what Chase Spencer at one of the end spots and Trey Harris uh, at the corner spot. Talk about those two and kind of how they stepped in with the other nine that started all last year and, and how well they they played. Yeah, uh, I think I got to start with Trey Harris um, just because Toby Parker, you know, graduated and we talked on talked about him, you know, having just a great year and uh, that's the question mark, you know, going through and we've we've got 
still got quality guys. If it's not Trey Harris that can come in and play, but he's hands down made some plays through the two scrimmages and and obviously led us in tackles Friday night. Oh, okay. Um, so there you go. You know that he he jumps right into that spot, and uh, so we feel good about that. You know after one after one week, and then. Uh, Shea, Shea plugs in, and we we knew that Shea could play some D-line for us. You know, I, I thought that we kind of did a good job rotating him last year, but, you know, now you're older, you know, able to handle, you know, more on his plate. And, uh, you know, he's, he's really good on the defensive line. Uh, so he's done a great job stepping in. So if you plug those two in with the rest of the returners, you know, we feel really good about our defensive unit. As far as uh... – I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to offense real quick. Okay. As far as uh, our rushing game, right? So we start off Elgin. We had 324 yards, right? Mm-hmm. And Darko had 133, right? Um, and I would think 120 of those were probably in the fourth quarter. 100 for for Darko right. at least. Yeah, 100. percent well, What about Braxton Antuna coming in and making? 70, what, 72 or 73 yard touchdown? Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that, that was cool. He, you know, and second lead rusher right now. Yeah, second. So, yeah, how's Richard yeah, 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 liking you know, that one? I'm sure he's fired <laughs> up about that. And maybe some motivation for the other running backs. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, you know, he came in and he was running behind our one offensive line there right. before half and maybe right then. So, you know, he loved that and he looked good. So, yeah, the, the running backs, if, if you're touching on those guys, you know, obviously small sample size, but uh, at times they look like they can do what they did and, and more from last year. You know, Matthew Lund, man, he's looking at, you know, setting the all-time mm-hmm. school leading record this year. Did you have anything come from him while he wanted to stay out? Obviously the goal is to protect yeah. the players at all costs, you know what I mean? So if they don't need to be out there. Right. We've had an issue with uh, one of the Deal brothers there at the end, you know, getting hurt. So Yeah, sometimes yeah. you got to protect the kids for themselves. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Want, was there anything <laughs> like that or <laughs> – no, and Matthew understands. He's been playing this game long enough that he knows that, you know, nothing mattered at that point in the game for right. him to stay out there. He understood that uh, he's got, you know, a lot of carries coming his way throughout the year. Right. And uh, But, no, he was very understanding of it, you know. And just like, you know, on the flip side of that, they all want to still play, you know. Yeah. That's just how, how they're made and how, you know, how they are, which is good, and I love that, yeah. but – that's when we got to step in and be like, listen, this is it. All right. We're the ones that kind of can see a little bit further down the road than you guys. But, uh, no, they did. He did great. And, you know, all the running backs did great. Talking about Matt, how exciting was it to see him get some touches in the passing game? I know it was only one, but still just to get it out there to him, get him some confidence in that part of the game. Yeah. That was not something. Yeah. Other than maybe those wheel routes here and there last year, we didn't really utilize some of that. So, how exciting was that to see kind of yeah, him with them? Because, I mean, not often – we see him in open space a lot of times, but that's because he's starting, though, from inside the tackle. So, yeah. if we can get him on the edge and in space in the passing game, we'll, I mean, that takes you kind of offense to a whole other level. Yeah, that was – and that's that was our thought. I mean, literally, I mean, it was easy. Let's just get the ball to Matt in space. Yeah. And, uh so we, we've got some things in this year where we get him out and we can swing it out there. And two things to that, it, you know, it's a good, it's an easy, good throw for Trace, high completion where, um, you know, if the defense rotates too far or leaves it flat out, you know, I trust both of our backs in the open field on gaining yards one-on-one. So, yeah, that's just another another wrinkle and another weapon that we can add and, uh, you know, gives defense something else to prepare for too. As for going back to your offense, uh, your quarterback, right? Obviously he was doing a phenomenal job. 
Uh, now, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but this sounds kind of unbelievable. Because I was thinking about it on the way over here, and I, I remember if I was reading this right. But uh, shout out to uh, David uh, Dillingham for giving me the stats. But I remember talking to him up, up in the stands, right? And I could I could have swore he told me that he was five for five right off the bat with five touchdowns. Is that correct? I think, I think there was an incompletion some. Yeah, I think there was an incompletion somewhere in there. But I mean, he finished five for six for five for six. He finished five, five for touchdowns. six. He might have been three for three, right? With three touchdowns. I, I think we threw an incompletion. The one that broke, yeah, the one that Brody on the kind of the wheel route or yep. whatever was still in the first quarter. Yes. And Andre's so Andre was the other Andre one. was down at the other end of the second quarter, so he was either four for four. Or, or three for yeah, three up, yeah, up that until point. that till that misfire to Brody and Brody kind of got held a little yeah, on that one and right. still was a pretty good throw though yeah um, yeah but either way homie was doing good though right <laughs> <laughs> yeah no and yeah because I mean your goal we talked about this your goal seventy percent yeah on the season so I mean five for six yeah. is he's sitting pretty and 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 I mean I mean he only had one hundred and ten yards and part of that is is from what the defense was putting putting in he obviously had the long one to 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 uh, Trey Crabtree there, but I thought his best throw of the day was the one to Andre. Yes. Because, I mean, yes. that was the, the second one to Andre. Because mm-hmm. um, that was something that we were lacking last year, too, was kind of that intermediate type of kind of in the middle of the field yep. throw. I mean, that was yeah. about as good a throw as you can you can get in there on that one. Yeah. Talk about, like, his improvement, though. I know it's one game, but from the end of last year through the summer and into – into now, I mean, like I said, yeah, we're one game in, so everybody he looked great and wonderful. But I mean, just his mindset, the way he's kind of matured, and some of that type of stuff. Yeah, I mean, just going back to the end of last year, uh, you know, uh, and, and Trace will be the first one to agree with me on this. He he knew that uh, he needed to make improvements, and you know, he did a great job last year. But to take us to the next level, uh, he he knew he needed to improve and. Man, I'm talking about. I watched him all summer, head down, you know, with that, with that uh, in mind. Every day he came to work, and you saw a little bit of it Friday night. You know, the improvements he made through passing game. And he worked hard this summer. Went to you know different quarterback camps and had really good seven on seven performances, and that's all great, you know. But uh, you got to get in there eleven on eleven and do it at the same rate. And uh, I, I, I thought he improved maybe. You know, more than anybody, position to position, and I thought that was evident Friday night. You know, stayed in the pocket well. Uh, took off running when he needed to. Took that off one. running. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, um, where and you know that was one of the areas he needed to improve on, and you know, get he did it. Yeah, right. Yeah, get down, get <laughs> down, whatever it takes. You know, and uh, but yeah, you know, massive improvement, and I hope that he continues to build on that. And, and Coach Chase is doing a great job. Uh, with him and the rest of the quarterbacks every day. So it's really good for us. Well, now that you're touching on him, I mean, we talked about him a little in the first podcast, but we haven't really touched back on him in the last couple. What kind of difference has he made kind of given Trace that second voice in his ear outside of just yeah. always you? Yeah, uh, he, he brings a different kind of coaching to the table than I do. You know, he's he's a, he's hard on those quarterbacks <laughs> in, in a, you know, in a mental standpoint. You know, we're talking, you know, he's giving them – Paper and pencil test. Yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's I, I he's fiery. <laughs> I think they had one today. You know, I think they had their second test today, and, and, and they're getting better from it. I mean, absolutely right. are. You can see the improvements in practice. And, 
uh, you know, he and of course they have a great relationship, all the quarterbacks with the coach, and uh, but it's definitely added an element to us, you know, especially in the offensive game plan room and, and just having another guy in there bounce ideas off of and just knows the position well, played the position, and that's that's one of that's deals that you know he brings it just a different element there where Trace and those and Jackson, Gabe, and Caden can uh, you know rely and trust what he's saying and then go try to emulate it in, in some different ways. Did that make any difference to you? Cause that was the first game with him on the sidelines. So, I mean, did it, did it change anything for you? Cause as far as kind of, I mean, I know in between series stuff like that, a lot of times you're dealing with, you're trying to deal with chase, but you're also kind of no, got your eye on the defense no, and things like that. Does it make any type of difference where you can kind of, okay, I know TJ's got it, so yes. I can kind of stay out uh, here and things like that? Makes it, uh, you know, a lot better. You know, it takes a lot off of me where I can, you know, can just kind of control and coach the game, the overall game. Uh, and, you know, Coach Castro, Coach Chase, uh, and then they can go, you know, make adjustments with huddle sideline and, uh, you know, talk to the offensive players as staff, Coach Rao also. Uh, so that that's awesome, just having another voice in that regard on the game field. Right. So yeah, just you know, well, you know, just like makes things all more well-rounded. And then, kind of to finish on the offensive side of the ball, because we've kind of talked about all layers of it. But I mean, offensive line's going to obviously be, they're going to basically take us as far as we can go. And I mean, talk about those guys and how they played this week and and what what you see from them moving forward. Yeah, uh, you know, that's that's kind of in most cases kind of one of the last groups on the field that kind of get going but luckily we return a lot of guys and they got they picked up where they left off for the most part uh, you know and we had to replace you know Clay and Nakona uh, off of last year and uh, so you know, Carson got a lot of snaps last season and, and he's plugged in really well at center moved him around and then we bumped Shea out to tackle and bring in you know Hudson for game one and you know I really liked what we what we saw we've got you know if you just look at our offensive line we've got we're real heavy on the left side, and, and we're pretty athletic on the right side. So, um, was that plan? No, but uh, it's just kind of how it worked. And and they're just a they're fun to coach. You know, they're a bunch of great personalities. <laughs> and you need to you guys just need to come <laughs> see them at practice more. But uh, uh, they work really hard. And yeah, like you said, we'll go as far as as they take us offensively. Um, and so that's something we're proud of for them leading us there for sure. And they're doing a great job. Kind of piggyback off this question he asked earlier about improvements. I would say, uh, I want to talk about your, uh, you know, like players of the week, mm -hmm. your defense player of the week. What are some improvements Colin Donnelly made? Uh, I mean, he's faster. That's, right. that's the first thing that, yeah, and, uh, and that was evident. Yeah. Friday. I'm, 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 and that's that's good to see, you yeah. know, from you guys' standpoint, because yeah. I see him all the time. Right. So. No, he like I said, I mean, I, last year I don't know if he gets under both either of those balls. I mean, he might get there to maybe you know reach out and block it, but I, don't, I mean, yeah. hell, one of me almost overran. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know if he does that last year to be honest. Yeah, uh, and that's you know we had that talk after last season is, hey man, you're you know you're gonna have to get faster if you want to still play you know linebacker. And we had that talk and. He worked and, and, and did a great job in the weight room. Uh, so it was really good to see. And, you know, now him at his size being able to, you know, play almost sideline to sideline, if you will, uh, that makes us a lot better. So, yeah, I mean, he great improvements. You know, instinctually he's still there and he's still growing there. You know, as a leader he's still growing. But, you know, the thing that jumps out improvement-wise, he's faster. Yeah. Talk about him, though. 
and we talked about this last week with Jack. Talk about him kind of being that quarterback on the mm-hmm. on the defensive side of things. I mean, how? Yeah, it's uh, you know, first of all, Coach Baker and him have a great relationship just because they kind of understand how the calls come in, and, and you know, Jack probably touched on that. Uh, but he, you know, he also can kind of see how the puzzle works, even if he he doesn't have the call. You know, he knows here he can at least fix it. And uh, oh man, having that. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you don't know. Yeah, you don't yeah. know how how important and how you know of a luxury that is for us defensively. And you know he he's a positive leader too. You know, like today at practice, you know we had some things kind of uh, we need to work on. He went over and said, "Hey, let's get a fix." You know, and that's that's what I want to see from him. You know, yeah. and that's what I want to see from him and grow. You know, every day because he's you know he's a, he's a big personality and a lot of guys you know look to him for that and for to for him to do that for us that makes us a lot better too. Can you talk about shopping your axe, number one, and then uh, talk about some improvements from trade errors? Yeah, so, you know, for I don't know if everybody knows. Maybe they don't. I'll just explain the our mantra, sharpen your axe. You know, it comes from our an indirect quote from Abraham Lincoln. You know, they, they asked him if you had, you know, six hours. He would said, if I had six hours to cut down a tree, I would spend the first four sharpening my axe. And so that's that's kind of what we've piggybacked on as far as the game of football is we're going to practice this game way more than we get to play it. So, you know, I think that goes hand in hand in the game of football. I think it goes hand in hand with with your with your tests that you're going to have in the classroom and, you know, you build up with homework. And I just think it's a good mantra to have for your life. And that's, you know, obviously part of the game of football is these kids are going to be adults one day and we want to try to give them something to uh, you know, lead their families on one day and things like that. But so, I, you know, sharpen your axe goes to somebody every week that exhibits that, whether it's improvement, you know, on the game field, on the practice field, or even just, you know, make some, some big dynamic plays. So it's kind of an open-ended award, but uh, it sure means a lot because the kids know what that means and, and they know it's special to us. And, uh, you know, talk about Trey Harris had that corner spot open all year and, uh, you know, he, he really, really set himself apart in the first two weeks of practice uh, by, you know, you know, quote unquote, sharpening your axe, you know, and he earned it. And uh, so and then then he goes out and leads the team with tackles, you know, after that, after earning the spot. So that was really cool to see that, too. So, uh, you know, we look to give that out to somebody that you does something unique, you know, how, how they get to that point. So, yeah, he. Phenomenal game, first start at corner, so definitely sharpen your axe award winner, Trey Harris. Talk about his speed too. I mean, that's a little bit something. Yeah, that's, I mean, Toby, Toby did what he did last year and things like that. But I mean, that Trey brings a different element to it because of his of how fast he is. Yeah, I mean, I don't his, think some people understand how fast he is. His closing speed when he's on and and he's he's where he's at. His closing speed is is. You know, top notch. Uh, and I, you know, well, you saw that some too, even on the special team side of things. Yeah. Getting down there on some of those yeah, botched kickoffs and things. As a, you know, as a sophomore, he's a state qualifier in the 110 hurdles. Uh, got injured last year. He would have been right back there, probably on the podium and track. Um, but he is, he can run. And so that, when you can be that fast and, you know, show that you can tackle like he can, uh, those are, Two good elements that he brings, you know, to the corner position, and obviously a weapon on kickoff, as we saw. Moving right along with that, special teams. Uh, that's self-explanatory, I feel like. But Hunter Jackson, what improvements you seen from him from last year? 
Uh, yeah, Hunter is, he's a little bit bigger and he's a little bit faster. You, know, <laughs> you guys know Hunter. I mean, Coach Beanie wrestled, but what he wrestled at last year? Uh, what? 13. Was 113, yeah, right? Yes. Wow. Um, Strong I, safety. I, I hope, yeah. <laughs> I hope he's at 140 right now. I'm probably uh, lying when I say that. but uh, In the program. Yeah, yeah, whatever the roster says. Um, but, yeah, just a little bit bigger, a little bit faster, and a little bit smarter defensively. You know, he starts safety for us, but he is a good guy to have down on kickoff, and he really runs our contain on kickoff because he's smart and he can see it. But when we kick it like we did and Trey forces those two fumbles, he's running his lane, and he's there for a heads-up play. recovers two fumbles. So, um, yeah, self-explanatory there. But, yeah, Hunter's, Hunter's doing a great job, and, uh, you know, he's maturing. And uh, you know, kind of becoming a quiet leader. He, you know, he made our leadership council as a junior. So, uh, you know, seeing some really good things from Hunter. Good. With that, we kind of touch on that tandem of safeties. I mean, because both of them are back. I mean, they kind of work as a string. I mean, one goes up, yeah. one comes down, things like that. I mean, having both of them back. I mean, how? I mean, then potentially even back next year as well. I mean, how? I mean, how does that help and kind of help the back end of the defense and things along those lines? Uh, I mean, it, it helps tremendously. Last year, you know, both of those guys are first-year starters. You know, Brody's a freshman, Hunter's a sophomore, and they're playing in some big-time ball games last year. Yeah. Um, so I think that really, really helped them coming into this year. Uh, you know, and last year I got to kind of really help coach those two at safety, and it was awesome. I, I, love, I love coaching safeties too, just watching those guys do things right and make plays. But now um, – you know, Coach O's got those guys rocking and rolling and just more vocal, just a year older, doing things just a little bit better than they were last year. And and that's the that's the, the great thing about it. And the uh, teamwork, uh, you know, just knowing each other, playing back there, getting a lot of reps, uh, definitely helps those two guys at safety. So you're wearing the shirt. Just give a little explanation on the Rough Riders we talked about a little yeah. bit last week. And then uh, same thing with Andre Crabtree. Okay, yeah. So, Rough Rider player of the game. That's that's gonna go to you know somebody on the that puts their hand in the dirt. Uh, and uh, I'm not gonna spoil that. Uh, you can ask Coach Castro. Hopefully, we can get him on uh, next week, and he can talk about uh, Rough Rider. But that goes to Andre. Uh, you know, great Christmas cards too, by the way. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, you know, tight ends are part of that unit, so you know those guys go hand in hand, and they watch film together. Tight ends go with the offensive line, so they're all they're all rough riders, and uh, you know they were pulling big time when Andre scored his first varsity touchdown Friday night, and then uh, got another one after that. So, uh, uh, without a doubt, the rough riders were fired up for Andre to get the the uh, hog ball. I think is what it is. They get a ball <laughs> sign, so uh, that's another little gift we uh give the big boys but uh yeah it was andre played well and uh it was good to see him have success like that because he earned it right right i'd be remiss without talking about the first touchdown of the game how awesome was that that oh, was Peyton in the uh, slot yeah <laughs> man I, I mean i've coached Peyton individually for all four years and so i get you know slide over to wide receivers so i see him all the time just a great kid man i I just smile when I see him. So when we called it, and it was the first play of the game, no matter what where we were, and he motions over, and I see the flat open. So I'm thinking, all right, Trace dishes out there, and I knew he's going to make a move. He wasn't going to get tackled because he's, <laughs> he's just got grit and he's going to get in. Uh, but man, he's a spark plug, and you guys see the the team gravitates towards his energy. Yeah. 
And uh, it was it was cool to see PC six get in there. <laughs> oh yeah, he brings a ton to the defensive side of the ball, obviously. But kind of, I mean, this year with him and Brody kind of entering into mm-hmm. that kind of slot position. I mean, that gives you probably a little bit more athleticism than than in years past. Looking at it, I mean, what will that kind of what kind of dividends do you think that'll pay later on in the year? Yeah, I, th- I think we'll be able to, you know, do more with them. I think that, uh, you know, and playing that position is is kind of you got to be kind of tough, tough. Yeah, yeah, because you know, with our outside zone play, you're, you're on the edge and you've got to block the guy that's going to come make the play. So we got two guys that I believe in there right now that that can get that done. And in the past game, they both bring some kind of different elements. You know, I think Brody's a guy that you can also. Flip it to him out in space, you know, kind of like Matt and Ritson and make somebody miss. And, and Peyton falls in that category, too. So, you know, uh, still got some different ways that we didn't get to show uh, last week to get right. those guys the ball. But uh, they definitely bring a different aspect to the offense and uh, excited, you know. And, and on top of that, both those guys are two-way guys, so I feel like it adds a little bit more depth so they can rotate on offense and, and keep each other fresh, too. But, yeah, they – they're going to be great there, I think, and they, you know, they work hard and they do things right. So, really excited for inside receivers. And then Trey Crabtree on the on the deep one, kind of something that we were was one of the focuses, kind of during the off season, was for him and Trace to connect. And mm-hmm. right out of the gate, week one, there it is. Yeah, uh, Trey, you know, and that's what Trey can do for us. I mean, I, he uh, he should be in the open hundred meter finals at the state track meet every year. Uh, and I think he's been there as a freshman, uh, and he's obviously on our four by one. But he is legit fast. So <laughs> for him to take the lid off like that, and we be able to you know throw it like that, that's good. And so you know we got some elements and got some guys that can do different things offensively. So it's just a matter of executing, being disciplined, and you know being hard to defend with all the guys that can catch you know put their hands on the ball. As far as uh. Something that I don't think – I don't know, you don't get a lot uh, discussed in his kickers, right? Mm-hmm. So, you got Gabe Demeyer, you know. He pretty much handled his business. I feel like he did, right? Uh, what about giving your backup kicker some opportunities with this game in Anadarko? Yeah, that was me. That was not planned. Right. Uh, we just got to the point where I just thought, you know, if we need some reps down the road, uh, let's get him some game time, you know. So, right. um, something we've never had is two kickers on the roster. Right. Uh, but yeah, both of them did well. Um, kickoffs were a lot better. Kickoffs were very yeah. improved this yeah. year, and uh, so I think that we're going to be able to do a couple different things on kickoff due to his improvement. Right. Whereas you know he just wasn't ready for that last year, but um, definitely looked to be improved, and and that's just so so big with starting field position. If we can you know have a good kickoff and kickoff coverage team to pin people back deep, that, that'd be big for our defense. Do you think that has something to do with competition? I think it is. Yeah. yeah. I think that, you know, we kind of talked about that in the office, you know. You know, his job was safe last year, right? Yeah. And so now you gotta kinda, you know, beat the other guy every day. So uh that's been good too. So. We we didn't really get to see it much with with the seventy six nothing. We kinda talked about it pretty much all phases of the game other than we had the one punt. Mm-hmm. Collins still the punter, obviously, and, and got it out of there pretty good and got a good roll on it things like that. Talk about, though, I mean, we did get a decent amount of punts, but kind of kicked away from Brody. But talk about your kick return uh, and, and kind of that punt return deal and, and who's back there and what to expect from those guys. 
Yeah, kickoff return. We're gonna we're gonna start uh, with uh, our our deep middle guy is gonna be Trey Crabtree, um, and then on on our left and right deep guys are gonna be Brody Morrison and Matt Lund. So we feel like you know those three back guys are you know talented guys that we feel like could go return one if you kick to them. So um, part of that, you know, I hope that maybe kickoff teams will kick it short. You know, maybe giving up some field position for that. Um, but if not, we want to set, you know, a good return up for those guys on kickoff return. Uh, and then punt return, obviously, Brody goes back and catches them. Did a good job last year, and I hope continue to do that and grow. And, uh, you know, that's not an easy job is going to catch no. punts and making decisions no. in, in, you know, a short amount of time. So uh, I believe in him doing a good job of that all year. Uh and then, yes, and then obviously saw the punt team. Colin does a good job. And then uh, our gunners, you know, uh, Matt Lund's a gunner right now, and uh, I think that he can go down there and tackle in the open field. So uh, I think he, he, he's got a big role this year. Right. So, But, yeah, uh, special teams looks to be well-rounded, and that's something that, you know, I'm kind of in charge of. You know, I, I have a big hand in that, and I want to be sound in that because I think that uh, – in big games, that's when you need it the most. You right. Know? You know, special teams are kind of overlooked until they're not. So we right. Want to, we want to make sure that we're doing a good job in those all year, special teams-wise. And not to necessarily put a bow on the Anadarko game because we might come back to it, but the old coach is saying, you know, you make your best improvement from week one yeah. to week two. I mean, where – where when 76 nothing okay and, you know, mm-hmm. starters playing a quarter and a half and, and, and looking – Great, but you got the eye, you got the eye in the sky, so you're able to go back and kind of watch and see where where's the improvement. What what do you see that that like I said will get us better from week one to week two, and obviously not just week two, but I mean throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, you know, after turning the film on and looking at it, I thought that there was some there were some times uh, defensively where I thought we could have maybe fit our gaps a little bit better. You know, obviously uh, did a great job defensively, but, you know, maybe later down the road we're going to have to be a little bit more sound. Um, so that's what I want to see more so this week. Uh, offensively, you know, when we put, uh, you know, new wrinkles in or new install in, I want to be able to go in and execute it clean. Some things that weren't really executed all the way clean on some new stuff last week, that's what I want to see in this week with some install is just cleaning that up and being able to install, you know, Maybe on the run or, you know, with a couple of days notice and being being able to go out and move the football with, you know, some different wrinkles and stuff like that. Kind of talking about like the install, quick installs, things like that. Talk about, I mean, how, what kind of luxury is it that all these kids now have kind of played a full year? You're, I mean, you talk about on defense, you're only really returning two starters. On offense, really one or two offensive linemen. So, I mean – you can kind of make adjustments on the run a little bit easier. Am I right? I mean, I'm, yes. I'm not a coach or anything, but, I mean, you would imagine that with them having that much experience and all playing together and things like that, you can almost – it's not as easy to draw it up in the dirt, but you can almost well, kind of yeah, come with something no, on yeah. Wednesday and say, hey, here's what we're going to do and, yeah. be, and be confident for it on Friday. Yes. Uh, it's a luxury, like you said. Uh, you know, I think it's – it goes back to how we've kind of taught our offense. Is is all just – you know, conceptually how we name and label things. So, you know, I can say one word and we can all go out and do it. You know, each position can go do that. And so if we just make a tag off of that, well, they already know what it is. But if we tag it, all right, well, that's easy because I know what it is. I've known what it is for 
three to four years now. Right. So a little tags, nothing to, to, to our guys. Uh, for the most part, you know, we still have some hiccups we're running <laughs> through, but, uh, there's yeah, still 14, 18. They, uh, that's right. And, uh, just, you know, I'll, just today we had a little mishap, but, uh, that's part of it, you know, and, and they'll get that fixed, but, uh, yeah, it's so much easier making things on the fly and on the run. Um, or even just say, Hey, you know, when we do this and then they're kind of finishing the sentence for you in some ways, or they know, you know, just cause they've heard it and heard it and heard it. And so offensively that, that really helps. And it's the same thing defensively, you know, Hey, uh, we usually, you know, roll to this, but we're not going to this week because they're in this. Oh, yeah, we did that that one time against those guys. Yeah. Easy, you know. So, um, yeah, I think that's just part of having a veteran team and just coachable kids that uh, we can do those things. And, you know, I, I still – I'm kind of a pessimist in that uh, <laughs> in that world. Like, hey, <laughs> I know we did it, but let's make sure we can go execute it. So, even when the call's made, I'm still watching. All right. Yeah, that's that's the life of all coaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we uh before we get into cash, obviously, I want to just kind of finish up on Andocker real quick. Elgin, you know, we we've been there before. Media people walk was walking up, and Jerry kind of talked to him. He just hey, you know, it's okay. We've been there. You know, we understand. Y'all come back from this. Uh, one thing that I admired is the the head coach not running the clock after the half. Pretty much said, you know, I would take her ass whooping. You know. What, what's some advice you would say or, or, or give? Uh, I mean, he's a state championship coach already. I'm sure he knows what he's doing, but what's something you would say? I mean, they're, they're, I mean you know, they kind of started off the same way they did last year, you know, and then they had four district wins, and they made the playoffs last year. So I, I don't really think they're in that boat, but, uh, you know, they Coach Jackson's been there. Um, he, he He's a great coach, so – and they know, and just like we know, you know, the non-district play doesn't have any bearing on your playoffs. So, right. um, you know, they're they're back to the drawing board just like we are on how to get better and how to improve. We're just, you know, in different, you know, seats probably. You know, we're one and zero, and and they're they I think they're zero two now. But uh, again, it doesn't have any bearing. You know, and we've been there for sure, and you know, it's just a matter of getting better every week, and you got to block some of that stuff out. And great coaches know what your team needs, and. Yeah. Uh, you know they're going to get on the right track in that regard. It never gets easier, but I mean, when you start when you're all in the district play, especially when you played against some of those teams so often and so much, and and you've got you know the familiarity of them and things like that. I mean, we talked about it a little bit Friday after the game. I mean, that's a team that probably potentially still makes the playoffs. Yeah, in, I mean, in, they, they in, have a good shot in, in 3A. So I mean, yeah, was it? You know, was it a bad night for them and a good night for us? Are we as good as, you know, who knows? Right. You, it's week one. I mean, a lot of things happen between week one and week ten. Um, so you just kind of kind of keep playing the game and rolling yeah, with that's it. that's right. That's all we can do. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's all we can do. We was rolling, dog. I think it was like the – I think the first half we had like 11 first downs and they had one or two or two, I believe. Yeah, Clay couldn't keep yeah. up. It was wild. Clay couldn't keep so up with the Clay score. Broke in, yeah, Clay couldn't keep up with the scoreboard yeah, up there. Wild. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen anything like that. So, like, one more question about the end okay. of the game, okay? So, we, we was trying to do the math and do some research, but like, what the score, the record was for the most scored, right? Uh, <laughs> it was a difference. Like, it was 106 points, right? Uh-huh. Between winner and loser, right? So, um... Was there any part of you that wanted to set that record? No. 
Yeah. I didn't even know what it was. Um, what I thought, so what? So was seventy six the school record of 70, points? Seventy six, I believe. I'm talking Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Winning and losing. The record was uh, the winner loser was 106 points. A difference of 106. Yeah, yeah. A, a difference of 106. Yeah, I, had, I had no interest in that. No. Uh, yeah. I had some kids saying, you know, whatever. I said, nope. Yeah. yeah. No. And you want to keep playing. I mean, in games like that, I mean, you want to get your young kids reps and you want to get them valuable reps. You know, you want them to because they, yes. they they are in the opportunity, you know, exactly. not just take a exactly. knee for the next 10 minutes, but you also want to be weary of. Yeah. Uh, of the other side and the other coaching staff and things like that. And yeah, as a pl- I remember as a player, we played my father in law. So my, he was my father in law at the time, but he was my high school football coach. So we, I played him in college my senior year, and it was his first year at Arkansas Monticello. And we were, we were very good at the time. And he was a brand, it was his second game as a head coach there. So he was trying to create a whole new culture. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was four yeah, nights at halftime. So I'm going up to my, my my college coach going, keep it in. I, you right, know, he would yeah. score hundred if he could on yeah. us, and he was yeah. like, he was like, yeah, but he's got a family. I was like, I am his family, <laughs> you know. Right. But yeah. now looking back at it as a you know not a 22, 23 year old yeah, kid, as a forty different. year old, forty one year old, you know, I was like, yeah, that was a smart thing to pull back. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's you know, yeah, I got I, there's blood in me like that, but I I think that it's just smart to to be on the side that we chose to be on. Uh, be be safe, you know, because if you a stupid injury or something were to happen, right. I'd be kicking myself for a long time after that. So but seventy six was that the yeah school? No. Seventy six was the Elgin scoring okay. record, if if I understood right. From because seventy five was yeah seventy five was in twenty seventeen. <laughs> I I called that game on offense. So Adam's got so you. Adam's, Adam's got, got you one so, beat. No, and he's better than me anyway, so he deserves it. <laughs> So uh, moving on to Cass, like uh, we talked about it a little bit last week, being a rivalry game and stuff like that. Uh, what, what does that What does that mean to you to play well, Cass? You, you played in it too, so yeah. I mean you were kind of in the height of it. So talk a little bit about what it means to. I mean, both of us are kind of transplants. I mean, yeah, we're right. we're we're hometown hometown guys now, but talk about what it means to. Someone that went to Cat, someone that went to Elgin and, and played in it, and now coaching in it, and things like that. Yeah, I think I think a lot of Elgin people relate with how I kind of started with it. You know, it's it's your first interaction as a player. You know, it's your you know you go back. I'm 15 years old. Big rivalry game, sophomore. You know, I get to start against them, and it's big. You know, uh, at that time we actually played it at Cameron. Uh, mm. So when the Lawton schools weren't playing, we you know slid into a we played it on a Thursday one time and a Saturday. But anyway, both schools got stadiums. So we moved it to their stadiums. But it's a big deal. So it's, it's really, really cool to to play the game as a player, as an assistant, and as as head coach now. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a game that I can truly say you never know what's going to happen. Uh, there was a year where when I was an assistant, we were – way way underdogs they were loaded and we beat them in overtime it was zero to zero at the end of regulation i think it was 2016 2015 something like that so you know uh and then there were some years uh you know our first year they they took care of us pretty pretty good um so you never know and it's a good game and 
for Southwest Oklahoma, you've got your inner city schools with Lawton, um, and then you've got Cash Elgin, and, and it's cool. It, you know, I think it's something that should stay and, uh, you know, keep going because the community supports it really well. You know, it's good for both communities coming out and, and things like that. So, um, is it, you know, and you talk rivalry, there's not um, – it's not like bad blood, you know, but, right. you know, you got a rival, so you go play them, you know, and somebody gets, you know, as they say, bragging rights for the year. But the good thing about it, uh, you know, and it's been a district game in years past, so it had a little bit more on the table. Now we'll, it'll probably be non-district for a long time just because of right. our different uh, sizes. But we'll keep playing it, and it's cool, and that's good also. It's a good atmosphere. Um, it's a big atmosphere, you know, maybe – if you're going to play games, big games down the road, you get a little bit of a taste of it in this one. So Yeah, because yeah. I mean, both schools travel well. Yeah, I we mean, last year well. we traveled well there. And I, I, I know the cash people, especially with, yes. it, with coming off of a win last week against Altus, I think they'll travel pretty good coming to yeah. us. Um, and that was good. That was a good measuring stick to see, kind of, because they they played one of our district opponents yes. last week, so it kind of got us to see what Altus is like and things. So I think they'll travel well. So I think it'll be interesting. Um, I think it should be a good game yes. at the end of the day. Um, they're they're. I think they were. I think they're improved from last year. Yep. Um, talking to Coach Griffin a little um, during during the off season and and uh, talking to Billy Palmer, their the cash guy over there. I think they're a little bit improved from last year. So. Um, they they played Tuttle. I mean Tuttle's Tuttle. Yep. So I mean they they struggled with them week one, um, but then I mean fared pretty well against Altus and obviously came away with the victory there against the five A school. So right. um, I think it's gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be anything like seventy six nothing. No. Um, and, and I mean I wouldn't expect Cash to lay down. I'm not saying that Argo did, but I wouldn't expect Cash to to do, to do anything like that. So. Should be. What do you see from the film? I mean, we're already at Wednesday. I mean, we're we're two days away um, from it. I mean, what do you see from them on film that that concerns you, or or you know that that is the focus and kind of the keys to this week's games? Yeah, uh, you know they they're very multiple on offense. Uh, so when people are multiple on offense, that's just more preparation for our defense. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Coach Baker, you know he'll. He'll tell you that firsthand just because I've been around him enough. But, <laughs> so we've got a lot to prepare for. Um, and so that takes a lot of focus and, you know, a lot of guys in different gaps and, and, and this and that. So that's kind of – that's the the main thing defensively. Uh, offensively, again, it kind of piggybacks from last week. Like we want to be able to execute, you know, at a high level. Um, we want to limit turnovers and, uh, you know, be able to be a threat on the in the air and on the ground. Uh and you know, defensively, there it's a, a little bit of a different defense from last week. So, you know, now you've only got whereas Anadarko, we had almost two weeks to prepare for them. We've got your traditional first week of one week, you know, preparing yeah. for cash. So, um, you got to kind of tighten up and you got to be ready to go kind of a shorter, shorter week's notice than you are in week one. Um, so, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to see. And, you know, yeah, like Vincent said earlier, you know, I. I think championship teams make a really big jump from week one to week two. So that's kind of been what we've been harping on this week uh, to do that and uh, against a new opponent uh, in, in a big game. So that's kind of our keys of the game and how we want to be sound against them. Do you think that's transitioning a little bit into MacArthur? I think it can be if we stay in the same class. You know, it's a game that we look forward to a lot. Um, obviously, you know, after last year, 
Um, and I think that they definitely, you know, will be looking forward to the game against us uh, with, with whatever way they want to. But I think the thing that makes it more of a rivalry is that we're in the same class and we're right. close. Yeah. You know, so you have that big aspect of it. Uh, whereas, you know, you kind of lose that with Cash, but that's just got so much history there. You know, we play right. for a trophy against Cash, so I think yeah. that's more so your your rival right now. But can that grow into that? Maybe. Um, you know, we talked – uh, Coach Manning and I talked that, you know, they drew the new districts, and if we were split in district, that we were going to play uh, in 2024 and 25. That, but we ended up in the same district, so right. we're already on the schedule. But um, it, but it, regardless, it's a close game, and, you know, their fans travel well just like ours do. Yeah. And so there's a lot of good elements. There's a lot of similar elements to it, as, as Elgin is a growing community too. So I think it's got some, you know, recipes for rivalry, but – um, it's just a district game, a big district game for us right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. rivalries are hard to kind of kind of happen yeah, after yeah. one year. Yeah. I mean, bad blood, obviously. Like, if you ask some of the kids on the team, they probably think Nobles were rival because of right. some of the, exactly. because of that loss and things like that. And then they played them in baseball and, and some other things. So, I, I mean, I think after one year, it's kind of hard to say that. But I think it is definitely something – if we stay, like you said, in the same class, in the same district, and it starts to, and yeah. both of us continue to have success, I mean, obviously they've had success for kind of a long, yeah. longer period of time at this point. Um, but if we can kind of get to that standard where it's consistent and, and they're consistent and we're kind of fighting for that one, two, three spot in the playoffs in the same district every year, it will turn into something that that'll be a fun Friday yeah. night for sure. I think so too. And I think it'll be, this year it'll be a fun Friday night no matter what. Yeah. Because they're going to come in pissed off because they oh, probably right. didn't like the way that that one ended. Um, we're going to come in, I mean, it's at home again, so we get the big bad Lawton kids come <laughs> to little old Elgin potentially, you know, things like that. So it'll be a fun one this year again. But like I said, if, if this one goes down the way last year's does and things like that, then all of a sudden you're taking another step. Yeah, because now you're now you know you're going to play for the next two years after that, and, yeah. and you kind of get into that step. So um, that one's a big one. That one's a big one coming up. But I mean, yeah. all of them are big. I mean, right. you've got you've got you know Cash Weatherford, you know yeah, Arden, Reno. <laughs> yeah. So once you start district play, it's kind of. So let's roll. Yeah. <laughs> let's go back to what I started off with. What's some of your most uh, memorable games from last year? And some games you're – I understand if you're going to answer, but some games you're looking forward to. You, <laughs> you want me to go coach speak here? <laughs> want go. I want you to do coach wide speech. Okay. And if you want to throw in chalmers, that's fine. <laughs> okay. I see what you did there. Uh, you know – Memorable last year, and I said it when they started talking about moving to 5A, it's the first district game. That's yeah. what it is. And, uh, you know, played El Reno, beat them, and, uh, you know, and I'll say this, they got better as the season went on. You know, they ended up being a playoff team. Uh, yeah. And, of course, they were under their first-year head coach, so that sometimes those things just take time. So yeah. you can say that scheduling was good and we caught them just in the first district game, but, you know, they're – they're rocking and rolling now. So, I mean, last year that was a big game. I thought that was really cool to find out if we could play in 5A and see how, you know, kind of where we stacked up. And then uh, it's got to be the week after that. Uh, just from a coaching standpoint, um, playing Ardmore, because uh, we were down about four starters that game. Uh, you know, Matt Lund is out. Kobe Morton goes down. Was going to play linebacker that night. 
Um, somebody, uh, I can't even remember now. Somebody else is out. Um, but so you know, kind of had the deck stacked against us, and you know, we're playing Division One quarterback and just a storied Ardmore program, who you know, you know, perennial playoffs and and this and that, and to shut them out, that was huge too. And I, that was kind of the for me as a coach, like okay. I think we can. I think we can make the playoffs. I think that uh, you know, and I believe in our guys. But I just thought, okay, I think we can be real, right? And because you know, that's what it takes to play big time ball is doing things like that. Um, and then obviously the MacArthur game is is really cool. You know, really cool um, being able to go into Cameron, you know, and come out with the victory. That's tough. And just testament to our kids that night, man. Our, our kids showed how tough they are. And you know, that's something we hang our hat on. So that was really special to me because uh, we were hard on them all fall camp. You know, we were conditioning hard and, you know, it paid off that night. Uh, so, you know, those three games, big time last year, you know, uh, as far as memories. Uh, so if that answers the first part of your question. Yeah. yeah. He's not going to go to the second part. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so – it's just really all my – I can't even get it. Maybe Elizabeth will hear it at the house, but that's about it. I'm, I'm pretty cooped up, man. I'm pretty okay. cooped up. Speaking of Elizabeth at the house, how's it uh, How's it now coaching as, as daddy? I mean, that, that kind of changes things a little. Oh, right? man. It is, it's life-changing. Uh, I posted a picture of us on Facebook after the game, and I said I – I've been hoping for this picture for a long time, and it's the dang truth, man. Right. Holding her out there and and just what Elizabeth does as a mother, you know, it's gave, obviously gave me a different perspective in coaching. Um, but man, so cool. Different perspective. So you're saying you're easier now, or what's your different uh, perspective? Well, I don't, I don't get as much sleep, so <laughs> probably not easier. Uh, I kind of went off on him yesterday, but uh, I'll blame that on Caroline. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but I don't know. It just gives me a different perspective yeah. you know you guys are fathers oh yeah you guys get that both girl dads and oh yeah um you know i'm not out there saying you know you guys are never going to be man enough to date my daughter but, uh, <laughs> but i do want to see him grow up to be you know men of that caliber yeah you know? so it's cool but yeah it's life-changing man life-changing talk about kind of you know born and raised here you know move away play college baseball right and mm-hmm. then kind of get involved in coaching and getting back into football and, and then kind of getting the opportunity to come back to your own water. And then the journey from when you first took the job to, mm-hmm. to now and kind of talk about that, what, what it means to you, what it means to your family and, and kind of those things. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, uh, you know, uh, I graduated and played two years of junior college baseball at Rose state in Midwest city the whole time I knew I wanted to coach football. That was after baseball was done. That's what I wanted to do. So oh, right. I was. It was about the second. It was the second semester of my second year there, and it, so I was kind of deciding: Am I going to go to a, transfer to a four year, go play ball, or I didn't know what was next. And head coach at the time at Elgin called me and said, "Hey, you know what are you doing?" Because he they kind of knew I wanted to be a coach when I was done. I said, well, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to go. Anyway, so long story short, 
Uh, I go to camp. I come back home. Go to Cameron, and he said, "I got you a spot coaching high school football as a lay lay coach." And I said, "Let's go." So that step right there really got my foot in the door. Uh, I was 19 when I started that summer, and I was coaching outside linebackers, and that kind of just kind of propelled me to now. Uh, so started there. I think I was five years as an assistant. Last year I was offensive coordinator. And so by then I was finishing school and I just thought for my growth as a coach, I thought I needed to go out and, and see other programs, and yeah. go, you know, and that's just what I wanted to do, grow and see how other people do things, you know, what can I learn? And so I landed a job at Noble, which is ironic because we're in district now, <laughs> uh, but got to coach receivers there. And then I got to hear, you know, work for a great head coach there and Greg George and learned a lot from him. And there, but when I was there, there was near, there wasn't really any uh, room on the staff for me to elevate myself, and that's right. what I wanted to do. And you know, no harm to them, but they had a great head coach, great offensive coordinator. Um, so I started looking, and uh, this, that, and other. I was planning on going to Elizabeth, and I were planning on going to Texas, and we were going to go start. You know, we were going to go down there. I was going to try to get my foot in the door to middle school or high school or whatever. And we were just going to, you know, see what life took us. And then this opportunity came up and uh, kind of threw a wrench in the plans because <laughs> I was just one year removed from being assistant, being here. And so we had a good long talk, you know, as a family and stuff. We weren't even, we were engaged in that point at that point. So you're never ready. And that's probably the best advice I had. I talked to Greg George at Noble. I said, well, here's the opportunity I have. So I was up front with him about it. And he said, well, I said, this, this, and this going on there. And he said, well, you're never going to walk into a great situation when you get your first job. No. And I was like, you're right. I can't be picky, you know. Right. But I just thought it was a little bit early. You know, I was. Usually when they're hiring a new coach, something yeah, like that exactly, happened, right? Right. Unless you just yeah. follow a legend, so, which isn't a good deal either. Yeah. So <laughs> I was, whatever, 26 at the time, and I was kind of just, I'm just learning so much, you know, as I take over. And our athletic director, Coach Hitt, kind of took me under the wing and just the ins and outs of it. People don't know the ins and outs of, right. of it, and there's just so much to it, you know, just how to handle all these situations. And I think that helped me probably mature, mature more. Most have to, you know, to just – because well, as a head coach, I mean you're, and I mean, yeah, I mean you're the daddy to everybody on the team, yeah, and, and you're uh, the you're the daddy to all the coaches to a certain degree, and yeah, and that's that's another element that was tough being the age I was, so much, yeah, and right. managing you know assistants older than me, right? Um, so there's a dynamic there, and, and then some more some more good advice on how to handle things like you can't fix every problem, and if you try to fix every problem, then that's you're going to either drive yourself to a point where you're unhappy or you're sacrificing something. Cause you see it, you know, you see it personally, uh, you know, uh, when you dedicate too much time to something, I think your father-in-law kind of got to a point where he couldn't right. handle some things. Yeah. So I divvied the load out a little bit. Cause my first year I was trying to do every single thing. Oh yeah. Every you're micromanager. And, uh, I was like, man, I'm gonna burn myself out doing this. So, and so, Something I kind of went in that year with is I trusted my assistants. Had a great staff uh, first year and trusted them. And now I'll say that to this day, like I can't do anything without my staff because you know I put so much on them and they're so they're so good at what they do. They're professionals. If I wasn't there, everything would run smoothly. And you're around these guys every day, Coach yeah. Bean, and I mean you know it. But that's the next thing that I thought if I could, you know. 
figure everything out, not micromanage, and and let coaches coach, and just try to be the overseer. Um, and then, of course, on top of that, nailing in culture and our standard and being consistent. Because that's been the biggest approach from 2019 to now. Whether we were bad or we were really good, we were consistent in our approach. Like, you know, if we lost, we didn't take off practice the next day. Or if we won, we didn't take a day off. Like, we were just very consistent in our approach. And that's not hard. That's not uh, easy to do no. when you're bad. No. It's really hard. There were right. some bad nights there a few years back, but we just tried to be consistent. And I just think that's kind of what's led us to this point now, kind of turning this thing around and, and trying to get some stability program-wise for where we're at. Well, you talked a little bit about, I mean, just touching your staff. I mean, I hang out with you guys some and, you know, get to see you guys interact at practice and then even outside of practice some. And, I mean, just talk about those guys. And, and like you said, I mean, it, it it's true. I mean, sometimes you guys finish each other's sentences yeah. and, 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 and things along those lines. Obviously, it starts first and foremost with the two coordinators. But, I mean, just the whole staff all the way down, you guys are so close. And, I mean, what does that mean to you as a head coach? And, I mean, obviously, that a lot of that has to do with you kind of integrating everybody into yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I just – you know, like, there's just so much that goes on in football season. And <laughs> uh, I just try to be a guy that they like to work for. Yeah. Because uh, – I've heard stories about guys that come in there and, you know, they're ripping everybody's ass. Nobody likes to come to work. Right. You know, they come in the office and it's a bad mood. Like, I don't try to do that, um, but. I don't try to. You see that? Yeah. Well, <laughs> the good thing is they, they'll give it back to me. And, and, but that's part of the relationship we have. You know, they right. can joke with me just like I joke with them. Um, but there's also times when they know, like, okay, it's time to work. <laughs> Um, I, that's probably part of my dad coming out in me, but uh, man, they just—they've been there. That they've done that, um, and we've got you know, Jack and Adam. They—they've got ten plus years in the coaching world. Uh, Lance has got ten plus years in the coaching world, and then you know we've got uh, you know Orrin and Brandon who are young and up and coming, and uh, they're learning every day. And that's also kind of a dynamic is coaching you know, them to me be being coaches. Young, and then being young and just trying to be the guy they need, you know. Uh, and then Coach Rowell is kind of the glue that holds everything together and <laughs> just a good voice. And he's just – he's got a great feel for kids and situations and stuff. Uh, and then bringing TJ in uh, has really helped us, and he fits in right with everybody. So it's just – and that's what you do. You hire a good person first. And we've got a lot of good people in the office. And then I can teach a good person how to coach Right is, is the bottom line. So – and that's what our kids want because our kids are smart and they know personalities and they know. Yeah. I can um, always te- I can always teach you the how to. I can't teach you the want to. Exactly. Yeah. You know I mean so, that, that's where that's where it all kind of stems. Our from. guys are awesome, man, and I mean they're just it's. I love coming to work, and yeah. I hope that I created a setting where they love coming to work too. So, the dynamic of you being from Elgin, you brought it up a little bit. Your brothers playing football, and then uh, now having a nephew. Yeah. Coaching him. What's that dynamic like? That's that's really cool because I just think back when he was in diapers and yeah. I was 18 or whatever, like, and now here we are. Uh, he's an eighth grade player for us and been a ball boy for like since I got here, you know, he started whenever he did. But that's really cool. And 
And my oldest brother, David, he's he's in the cattle business and he he has a really good operations. He's he knows how to handle adversity in his world and and how to handle success. And I ask a lot of advice from him because he just knows how operations work and how yeah. to deal with people and things like that. And he may make a lot of analogies to cattle, but I have to relate them <laughs> to people. Right. Yeah. And so Y'all heard me. as brother yeah. <laughs> but honestly he's he was one of the first persons I called when I got offered the job. Just the way he is, I think he said no at first. Right. You know, I said, What do you think? He was like, No. You're twenty six. Yeah. You he was he said no. Um, and then I think I called him back and I said I took it and he might have said some choice words. And he said, Well, you better never sleep again, essentially, you know, because you've got work to do. Yeah. And that's just how he rolls and that's led him to be where he is, but no, he was really good for me. But yeah, the the lineage, lineage, I don't know if that's this word, but just the family ties, you know. Yeah. Um, it was cool. And it's probably something that I view as underrated just because I'm just everyday kind of guy. But yeah, seeing Rhett, you know, put on Elgin and, and play in, you know, our program is, is really cool. Yeah. It was really cool. That's awesome. Even like running some of the, the warm-up drills and stuff. I remember like when I first started helping you over the summer, mm-hmm. like I was – I was kind of asking Rhett, like, what's next? I'm not doing it. <laughs> he knows. You know what I mean? He's, he's been there for, for a long time. Yeah. Me, me and Coach uh, Ralph talks about that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like him and Broly Donnelly, they just been yep. showing up forever. Yep. You know what I mean? I mean, honestly, like, he's, he's become a pretty good athlete, too. Yeah, man. he is. He is. He's improving because uh, he works hard at it, you know? Yeah. And so that's a good example. No, 100%. You kind of get I think it's. I think it's a good thing for, like, to be in that role, you know what I mean? Because – you have the opportunity to uh, not only coach and mentor your nephew, but you have other guys there that maybe if you can't say, if you don't feel like you should say something, maybe they can step in and say something. Like, for example, when Dax the other day, like, mm-hmm. I knew it was about to go south, you know what I mean? But yep. I was like, did you talk to coach about this? You right. know what I mean? Right. I knew that's why that would have been the better opportunity. You know yeah. What I mean? Yeah. No, but yeah, there's, there's plenty of guys there, whether it's your nephew or your son, that yeah. can steer – the guys closest to you in the right direction. No, hundred percent, man. I think that's a man. That's a blessing in itself, man. But I think as coaches, I mean, I think we, we coaches, we do that with with a lot of kids. It's just yeah, they all have the opportunity to see that side. Of they that. all yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they all become kind of not not your children, but I mean, to a certain degree, they kind of do. And I mean, yeah, no, doubt. kind of piggybacking off of that. I mean, talk about. I mean, and we've talked about this in all three podcasts so far. I mean. Being around you guys, and not just the coaches, but the kids too, they're all, for the most part, good kids. I mean, how much does that – that probably also has to lend itself to, like you said, I like going to work. Yeah. I mean, and and so, I mean, talk about kind of – it's kind of a two-part deal here where we talk about how good the kids are, but but how great the – parents have been the booster club and the community as a whole kind of has now embraced where you guys are and, 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 and everything that's upcoming. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're great kids. And, you know, when we don't have to do a lot of discipline and, you know, take away from football, that helps us, you know, and, and they all learned that in the seventh and eighth grade, you yeah. know, as you know, the other day we had to, we had to solve some issues in the seventh and eighth grade and that's normal. Right. Because they're seventh and eighth graders. They want to push the issues. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, they're learning what, what can yeah. be, 
Can but, we and can't we do? Hey, so I was up trying to work the clock when this stuff was going on. I hadn't, I hadn't ran the clock in a little bit, so I was up for practicing on it. I'm looking down on the field, and I see the kids going, right? Doing a little, little exercise, right? Exercising. Yeah, and uh, so I'm trying to find my son. So I'm making sure my son's out there because he's still not clear to play yet, right? But there's stuff he can do. So right. I'm like, where the hell is Dax at? So I couldn't see him, right? So I'm walking down there. I'm, I'm kind of heated because I thought he might have skipped out or something. He was inside. Finally, I found him. I was like, all right, all right we're good. Now. <laughs> then I was like, so what happened? Yeah. <laughs> they were exercising. Yeah, but, and that's just seventh and eighth grade. That's part of straightening those kids out, right. you know, getting the program and stuff. And so. But you're building a program. You're starting yeah, so when those kids fifth and now, sixth grades. You know, you know, Colin and, and Lund, those guys are exercising just like those guys are in middle school, you know, yeah. just to get to this point. Um, but, yeah, you know, and to be brutally honest, you know, winning cures all things. Um, yeah. But I won't take away anything from our community and our parents because, you know, they're so supportive. But just being a kind of a small-town community and school size we are, so supportive. Um, I can call – I'm all, I mean, I can call anybody, parent, whatever, at any time, and they'll be like, okay, I'll handle it, you know, or hey, yeah, I can go drive and get that, whatever it is. Yeah. But yeah, and I mean, that's just how, if you got a good kid, you're coaching, he's probably got a good set of parents at home, you know, right. and that goes hand in hand. So, and we've got a lot of those. So yeah. That's, we're, we're fortunate in that end because a lot of places are dealing with more discipline than we are. And, right. And it, we talked about it. I mean, like I said, where I, when I, where I grew up and things like that, I mean, we all kind of went to private schools. So, I mean, there was not a hometown field yeah. thing like that. So, I mean, you were kind of playing for yourself yep. and you're the betterment of where you might go to play college ball and whatever else. Yep. And I mean, when we, when we, we went to Arkansas first and then Alabama and now we're here. And I mean, seeing kind of, like you said, those kids playing from, third grade all the way up together is a pretty cool deal. And, yep. and like I said, it builds a program and not just a bunch of individuals. And you see, a, there's a decent amount of programs uh, around the state. And I mean, I'm not going to call anybody out, but I mean that it's, it's all individuals and you can see it sometimes on Friday nights. Right. Um, and yeah, my, my talented, talented kids. And then you're going, how could, you yeah. know, how could this team not, you know, they got 61 kids or they got, you know, some of that type of stuff. And right. it's now some of it also it goes back to the coaching and things like that, too. But, I mean, that that's the one great thing that I do like being a part of the program now, a little small part that I am a part of the program that, that I'm, you know, proud to say, you know, yeah. I'm an Elgin guy. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm associated with them and things like that. And, and I mean, I – and I hope that continues, and, yes. and and that's a pretty cool feeling. Yes, and that's you know, you know, outsider looking in or a transplant, like you guys said, like that's what we want. Like you know, right. I want people proud of us, and right. I want you know people that don't have deep roots here proud of us. That's that's cool because I think that just says we're doing some things right, and and, uh, and when you do things right, and then on top of it, you win. Right. It's even more yeah, fun. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, for sure. It, winning cures a lot. But at the end of the day, if you're winning and you're and yeah. going back to my alma mater, and during the Terry Bowden days, I mean, yeah, we were winning, but we were winning just as much as we were before the Terry Bowden days. And we were just like, yeah, but that, that's a bunch of degenerates to a certain degree. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, I mean, so it's – it's kind of a weird deal, um, but it's it's even more fun and more cool when good people are doing good things. 
No, um, and, and especially from two or three years ago, yeah. y'all y'all seen every aspect of it. Yes, yes. Um, yes. So, no, I understand. You know, and you know, just good stuff about Elgin. You know, I look at the the podcast views on Podbean, like what countries are listening. There's like 10, at least ten different countries that somebody's there listening. You know what I mean? Uh, well, we talk about that on the sand. I mean, that stuff like that. You know, it's just wild, man. I, I love wow. it. And then to be able to, uh, you know, to bring this, you know, my experience now to other people. You know, I know, I know, realistically, like some of it's probably a lot of it's military. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, but we love we love stuff like that. We really do. we love good sports. You know what I mean? And to be able to just listen to it. You know, this is this is. Sports is the this, greatest. This is awesome, man. I love it. I Sports love it. is the greatest reality, reality TV yeah. show there ever is. No, 100%. And, and, uh, and, yeah, it's a ton of fun to follow you guys. It's a ton of fun to watch you guys and be be a small part of it. And Yeah. No, that's cool. With that being said, uh, we've been going for a little bit here. Well, Not actually, nearly as long as last week. No, no, man. That was, <laughs> man, that was the most unstructured event that got that got wild really quick, man. Like I, I was really surprised, but I, I don't think I was surprised. I was just I was surprised at how quick it went. Went by. It went by. You know what I mean? It, it went went by ourselves. That's similar, you know. Because <laughs> like at one point I was thinking like you was talking and Coach Baker was talking. At the same time, for, for about a minute, two minutes, <laughs> at the same time, and Ryan Donald was talking to both of you simultaneously. It was crazy. So I was like, all right. Get Jack and I in a room. <laughs> Let's go ahead and do this. And it all started with a question I was asking Coach Baker. Right? right. So I had the opportunity just to cut all that out and let Coach Baker answer the question. <laughs> Did Coach Baker and I yeah, ask Lance? Yeah, Lance, Lance said it well Friday night. He said, "You you two get in a room together." <laughs> no, I, I don't was, know who likes to hear each other speak more. It was a good time. I remember talk, I talked to you like the day after. I was like, "Man, I'd never do four people." Yeah. I said the only exception I would make is maybe if a uh, Chalmers and his brother want to get on the podcast or something because that would be I think that'd be really cool. By yeah. the way. Uh, like maybe I'd make that exception, but that was just too. You had three Brahma bulls in here. (laughs) (laughs) Like I I was like my wife. I had to turn my phone off. She was texting me. Like I was like, nah, man. Yeah. But uh, I guess you know, I hate to wrap it up, but we're we're at that hour and twenty six mark right now. You got to get home, I'm sure. But uh, and I got to get home, so I don't blame it all on you. But I do got to get home with uh with final words. Start with you. Obviously, we'll touch on cash just for a second. We kind of touched on him a little bit earlier, but your outlook kind of on the season. I mean, I, I know coaches go week by week, and mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot and say, you know, "Give me a, tell me what your record's going to be." But what are you looking forward to? Obviously, you've got a ton of kids coming back. Obviously, it started off as about as well as it possibly could have. Um, you got the huge rivalry now. We got a decent Weatherford team coming up yes. and then we roll right into a pretty hard district. So to kind of wrap it up, since we've got you here tonight, just kind of give us a quick kind of thought process of what you expect and what you anticipate and what you want to see as the head coach of the Elgin Owls moving forward. Yeah. we. Uh, if you come to our practice, you're going to hear me say it, you know, it starts with cash, you know, go with Weatherford and then on to El Reno, Ardmore, 
and everybody in district. But right now, we're not practicing to beat cash. We're practicing to beat everybody on our schedule. You know, that's been our mindset, and, you know, that's no disrespect to anybody we're playing in non-district. But uh, so what that means to me is we've got to play. We want to start playing at a championship level more and more every week. You know, and, and that's what I want to see, and that's what I want to get integrated in our kids' head because, you know, this, these non-district games, we're going to have different game plans on both sides of the ball every week. And so we're going to take something from those game plans, hopefully execute at a high level, and then maybe down the road we have to go do that again against somebody. But So that's that's been the mindset with practice is we, we're practicing to beat everybody we play. Um, so it may not be the team we're playing that week, but uh, we want to play at a high level every week. And that's that's what I want to see because, you know, and everybody, you know, when you start the season, everybody wants to be undefeated. Everybody wants this, that, and other. But we, we want to play 14 games. That's what we want to do. And we want to win the last one. And so how we do that, I think we try to practice to beat everybody on our schedule. Will that happen? I don't know. Nor does it matter if we play 14 games. But that's that's our that's kind of our, our mindset and, and how we want to approach every week um, because – You've got to have that if you want to go that far, I think. Yeah. And, and we're going to have a slow build to that uh, with an approach. So I think that's kind of, if you come to our practice, that's what we're going to be doing, and that's what we're going to be looking forward and building to. Thanks, you know, for giving me the opportunity to help you all out and beat cash. Beat yeah. cash. Beat that's cash. It. Beat cash. You can't be there. Listen to us. Uh, well, watch us on Oklahoma Sports Network. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you, man.